what is going on everybody we are back another edition of friends or foes on pros and joes sitting here with the amazing jim cross jim first and foremost i need a backstory tell me about your hat what's going on my brother oh man you know it's the anniversary of pearl harbor so i'm wearing my navy ship hat the uss dewart so you know gotta honor the navy today it was a tragic day in history but nonetheless we still moving in america tim's got the american flag in the background so he feels right that's right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And speaking of that, we got a few national champions in the cut today. Friends or foes. Probably my favorite edition, Jim, today. Obviously, we have Tim Elko, Dylan DeLucia, and the amazing Brandon Johnson. But the problem with this episode, fellas, and the, and the problem that a lot of people didn't see coming, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard when three friends are on the same team. You go through the experiences that you guys have felt. And you all end up in the AL Central of all places. Different teams spread out all around. Tim, we feel the worst for you. As me being a Cubs fan, I just, I lost my mind. I lost my shit. I couldn't keep it cool. Um, I was very upset where you landed, my brother. But in all seriousness, um, we do have a few questions right off the gate. If you guys don't mind, we're going to jump right into it. Um, first question, obviously, I saw a few photos that Jim posted of the bling. I saw that somebody let Jim, Jim Cross, wear some bling, some national championship type mentality. Snitch. Don't, don't snitch. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't. There's so many people here. I didn't. <laughs> it could have been anybody, honestly. But um, in all seriousness, um, I got a question for you, Dylan. Where does the most outstanding player of the College World Series keep his trophy, keep his jewelry? Where does it go? Shoot. Uh... So right now the trophy is actually just sitting in the garage in a case. Oh, <laughs> I ridiculous! Tim and Brandon would do so much better. That, That's such a Dylan thing. That is thing. ridiculous. It is a Dylan thing. I mean, I got the ring on my like on my trophy case, but like I just don't have one that could hold sixty pounds of it. Mike, do you remember when he came on in off the bench and complained about how he had not got his trophy shipped to him yet? And then he gets it shipped to him and he throws it in the garage. I feel like one day he'll just wake up and then his folks will be like, yeah, we had a garage sale. <laughs> Everything went great. And then go in the garage and be like, where's my trophy? Mom's like, yo, I sold it for about a buck fifty. It was great. And it's like, it's like, Dylan, why was it? Why, why is it even in there? Uh, see, like it was actually up in Oxford until november 20th when i went back home for thanksgiving because i was in oxford training and i got it out of the truck and everything and just threw it in the garage and then i had to fly back out to arizona to, to the complex so i didn't have time to put like up a stand for it because like my other like i have a trophy wall in my room and mm -hmm. like it's like bolted into the studs and everything and i just don't have one that's heavy enough to hold that trophy so i'm See, trying now to now you gave an answer, but I just don't have an answer that makes sense yet. So like that's just so crazy to me, Dylan. Dylan, I love you. You, you just know, got to move to Tim. We gonna have to 100%. go away from Dylan. Dylan, you know, you know, I got mad love for you, but that one I just I can't let that slide. That is not. That's all right. I'm cool it's with all it. All right. We gonna yeah. we gonna send you in off the bench a personally made stand for your trophy. We are gonna get it right. But um, in all seriousness, Tim, talking about the rings, has that championship feeling wore off at all yet? Or does it still feel like it was just last June? I mean, it's crazy. It, you know, we've we've all on here been drafted and gone to our teams. And, you know, that was obviously a really cool experience for kind of our first little part of our first season. And um, But, I mean, I still – anytime I see stuff <laughs> from the national championship or 
the run that we went on and we watched the belief movie and um, any of those things. I mean, I still get goosebumps and it makes it feel like, gosh, I mean, that could have been last week. I mean, yeah, heck now it was three, three, four months ago, but um, I mean, just crazy. Anytime I see stuff from it, it's just automatic goosebumps. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And Brandon, I did peep it. Ole Miss versus Alabama, the walk of champions. Run that down real quick. Let us know. How was that experience? How did you feel? Um, how much of an honor was that for you guys just doing that and being a part of uh, it? You know, they, they talk about the walk of champions ever since you get there, uh, ever since they bring you on campus for a visit. And they, they bring you out there to the Grove and you see it and they talk about it for the football team. But then you get to experience it live uh, for yourself. And you see the the support, you see the fans, you hear it all the time that Ole Miss fans are they're the best, and, and that it shows you why uh, they always show up, they're always there, um, and you, the experience was just unreal. Uh, it was just another unreal moment, and we were glad that we were able to experience it together, but also with them. Without a doubt, Dylan, starting with you as a guy who was at Northwestern Florida State, I, I think Northwest Florida State. Pardon me, I'm a Chicagoan. It happens. Um, I know your confidence in yourself, but did you truly see yourself getting drafted in the sixth round one day? What was the most, what was the feeling like? And who were you with? Where were you? I know, I know it's a party animal at the end of the day, but how serious and surreal was that moment for you? Uh, see, when I got my offer to Ole Miss, a couple SEC schools called after, like excited, but I thought Ole Miss was the best fit for me. So like, when I came to Ole Miss on my official visit, I was actually going to take my offer to – because I already had a deal worked up with the Angels before the draft. And uh, Coach Laugh blew me out on a visit. Ended up loving it. Shout out to Kevin Graham for showing a good time. Uh, but uh, just ended up – you know, I felt like home and it felt like I could just get drafted out of there too if I had a good year. And that, that was my goal. Uh, my goal was a one and done year and that's what the coaches wanted. So at the end of the day, that's what we got. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So we, before we get to the next two guys draft, uh, a question that has been messaged twice already, um, Tim mentioned it and I'll start with Tim and then I'll work my way around. Um, fans talking about the belief movie, you know, obviously, you know, you talked about it just for a second, Tim, but Tim, just how much did that documentary just really mean and, and, you know, capture what we all went through? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, it, I think it did a really good job of showing just kind of our whole journey. Um, you know, it showed a little bit about our struggles. And, um, you know, at the very beginning, it was, you know, some radio shows and, and other things of people just saying like, hey, they're done, they're out, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we never let that get to us. We saw that all year on Twitter. We saw, um, we heard people talking, all that kind of stuff. But, um you know, it's just another testament to, um, you know, let other people see what our journey really was and um, everything that we went through and everything we overcame together as a team. And, um, you know, like I said, I've, I've probably watched it two or three times now all the way through. And um, it's just goosebumps every time. Um, just thinking back of all those moments. And, you know, obviously we lived them all, but um, I'm, I'm hoping that other people, when they watched it, kind of got the same feelings. Um even if they were, you know, just watching from the outside. Uh, but again, just a crazy experience. Yeah. Let me let me ask you something though, Tim, really quick, Jim, because I, I I thought about it when I ran the rundown. If you guys could choose, let's let's talk Hollywood. Let's talk Hollywood movies. <laughs> Tim, one of one of Ole Miss's favorite 
faces. Anybody from Super Troopers with that mustache? Well, don't even. <laughs> we ain't got to discuss it. Who who's playing you in that movie? If you had a choice. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I I will say I love Chris Pratt. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> um, and I feel like he could pull off the mustache and kind of and kind of do a Tim Elko uh, impersonation for the movie. So I think I may go Chris Pratt. I'm rocking with that. Brandon, who you got? I got I mean, we got to go all the way around now. Uh, I, you know, it, it's fresh in your mind from Top Gun. Uh, but Tom Cruise, I mean, who else would you want to play? Oh, he, he's he's, he's the greatest. Like too, yeah. like uh, oh, see, Tim, you flatter me. You, you get me going every time I talk to you. I was going to say, uh, I was going to say that, or I forgot the guy who just played Superman most recently. I was like, I'm, I'm hey, you look like you like Superman and Top Gun. I heard that, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, Dylan, I get done with this. Mean, I'm gonna go fly a plane. I'm feeling myself right now. Dylan, what you got, man? Uh, everybody says like Seth Rogen. Like, yeah, yeah. Which I'm cool with. I'm cool with Pineapple Express, dude. Yeah, um, that that fits way too well. That's unfortunate. Um, That's personality saying. and physically, that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, physically. <laughs> physically. <laughs> Oh, as he drinks the water. Hey, I see you getting hydrated, Dylan. But there Brandon, he is. There he is. Back, back to believe. You know, for you, man, what's it like, man? Because like Tim said, you lived it. But you, when you watch it on a screen like that, like, you know, what's it feel like seeing, you know, your life actually on the screen? You know, that's exactly what I was going to lead to with it. It's we, we lived it. Uh, we experienced it uh, firsthand with each other. We were on the field. Uh, we were there when it was good and when it was bad. Uh, but when you look at it from a different perspective, like not in our eyes, but outside of us, outside the team, kind of just showing us, uh, you were able to watch it in a different point of view that allowed your story and allowed our journey to become a movie. And everybody talks about, oh, this is going to be a movie. This can be a show. This can be. But our, our story was really turned into a movie and being able to see it from that point of view, it shows uh, how how incredible, uh, how the things that we were able to accomplish together. Um, it, it was very eye-opening from that uh, total different view than actually living in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I could only imagine y'all, y'all's perspective, being able to watch. Like, I couldn't imagine seeing myself on a screen and, and my life and things that I went through actually depicted in a documentary. Um, you know, Dylan, I got to know, how does the documentary not show where you're absolutely – pissed off that Dylan Cruz takes you yard and that's the reason you tell coach B I'm going back out there the next day on 40 pitches and I'm gonna shove down in Baton Rouge how does that not make it uh so we never got it on tape honestly it was just like <laughs> it was one of those things like coach B just said go to bed and I was like okay and I woke up in the morning just kind of convinced him to let me pitch so it was like never a thing but like that's what kind of heated me to go into the next day because of that yeah, boys, they were I was uh, I was with Dylan and his family, I don't know, but like a month ago uh, eating and I shared that story and they had no clue. That was absolutely what fired Dylan up to come back out there and pitch the next day, because when Dylan had told me that he was like, yeah, to be honest, the reason why I really had to go the next day is Dylan Cruz pissed me off hitting that home run. And I was like, well, that worked out like it. Little did Dylan Cruz know that hitting that home run absolutely screwed well, LSU. Well, that's because that's because Dylan. He, he bypassed our entire game plan. Our entire game plan going into that weekend was do not let Dylan Cruz beat us. 
And here he comes in the Degum first inning, his first AB, and he gets taken yard. Yeah, Dylan was better gonna he was gonna come back. We were gonna make sure he was gonna come back the next day. He did he did that, he did own that on his show. He did say that he was told not to do that, but you know, it's Dylan. We expect him to mess up here and there. Yeah, of course we uh, do. I think I think I missed that memo from Coach D. Honestly, <laughs> he just wasn't in that meeting. Just, most, most of the meetings, uh, you know, I blacked out. Just kind of well, out. I let this fall on Tim then. I expect better from you, Captain. Make sure he's in the meetings. <laughs> All but, right, my my But, you know, Tim, getting to you and talking about the draft, you know, obviously it's well-known, well-documented. You talked about you believe God had a plan for you to come back to Ole Miss, and obviously it worked out because you win the national championship. But we know, you know, understanding the MLB draft, you know, with your age, with your injury status, it's a, it's a roll of the dice by doing it. But it did work out, and you got drafted in the 10th round by the Chicago White Sox. So how good does that feel to know that you stuck with what you believed was God's plan, and you went back to Ole Miss, you got a national championship, and ultimately you got drafted by the Chicago White Sox? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the real story of the whole thing is, like, uh, you know, I'd, I had planned uh, that I was going to go back. You know, I had, uh, had gotten – some offers a year before to get drafted. And, um, you know, I just prayed about it and felt like I needed to go back to Ole Miss. I didn't know that, you know, it was going to lead to a national championship or whatever, but, um, obviously that's great. That was my whole goal of, um, ever playing at Ole Miss. So it worked out that way. But, um, I mean, halfway through the season, I, I told this story a lot, you know, we lost Mississippi state at home and, uh, you know, I was super upset, you know, it was really, it was getting to me. We were doing bad. And, um, I talked to my sister, uh, in, in the car on the phone and, was just like, you know, why, why, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, you know, God told me to come back here. I thought it was like, you know, we were going to have a great success and it was going to be great. And, um, and she's like, well, you never know, you know, maybe he didn't bring you back here to win. It could, could have just been to affect somebody's life or affect a couple of people's lives or, um, you know, anything like that. Um, so, you know, I just prayed that night and, you know, I've told the story that, you know, God just was putting in the back of my head to believe and, um, just keep believing that, you know, really, he brought me back here for something bigger. And, um, you know, obviously, it, it seems like, oh, he brought me back here to win a national championship, and that was great. But, you know, I hope in doing that, I was able to affect other people's lives as well um, for something bigger and something positive. Um, but um, overall, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad I just followed what I felt like he was telling me to do. And, um, you know, national championship or not, I, I hope I um, accomplished what he was wanting me to accomplish. Well, the only thing you didn't accomplish right is, according to Mike Hughes, you went to the Chicago White Sox, which is a <laughs> terrible tragedy. Always yeah. wearing his Cubs hat. Hey, oh, man. I will Mike. say, you know, my dad, my dad is, uh, he, he was born in Chicago. He was always a Cubbies fan. So, uh, where are you I from, Tim? You know where he's from? Uh, he was born in Galilee. His, his family still lives there. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if dad's home right now, get dad right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, dad. I'm sorry for hearing this, but I forget. I'm sorry. But, you know, speaking of hats and speaking of Tim bringing up Mississippi State, I'm going to tell a story that these other guys don't know, Mike, that you don't know. Um, funny story. There's a picture of me, Tim, and Hayden Leatherwood outside Swayze, and my hair's all messed up. And the reason my hair is all messed up is because I had a Mississippi State hat on. And when they approached me, I threw it in the bushes real quick um, because I was with Mississippi. I was with Cameron James' dad at the game. And so anyway, naturally, I was wearing Mississippi State supporting them. And so as soon as I seen Tim and them show up, I was like, flung it to the bushes, took a picture with them. No hat on, hair messed up. I, I tried to be slick. And it actually worked out because they were the first couple of a, 
a bunch more IOTB Ole Miss guests that were walking through, and so it's a good thing. I, I didn't have that Mississippi Jim, State hat Jim, on. This was a uh, this was a new era type hat. This was like straight out fanatics. Well, no, actually, no, man. The, the Mississippi State boys they got the Adidas hats, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you only you only missed about like fifteen dollars. It's not that. <laughs> I'm about to say a 35er. Let's see what we got. Coach B is well known for his inspirational messages for Tim, Brandon, and Dylan. What is your favorite Coach B message? Brandon, it's your turn on deck. We hadn't asked you a question a minute. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think my favorite one of all time is when he talks about uh, the parachute. Uh, the, it's the parachute story. Uh, and, a, and a quick straight to the point of it is in the Army – uh, you have these paratroopers who jump out of the plane, go save others. Uh, and he asks, when they jump out of the plane, are they thinking about going to save others or are they worried about, is their parachute going to open up? And, well, the answer is they're worried about going to save somebody else. And the backstory is they don't have to worry about who's packing their parachute because they know the people on their team have their back. So he tells that story before the game to let you know the people next to you, they, they, they have your back. Uh, trust them and just worry about what you have to do to for us to succeed today. Very nice. Dylan, were you in that meeting to hear that that speech? No. He ain't even going to answer. He don't no. even know. I got, I got one. Um, <laughs> it was during the College Road Series. And it was it wasn't like his inspirational quote that he like speech that he does before the game. It was just all of us like doing our uh, pregame meeting before we go out uh, to get on the bus and go to the field. And it was the one before I was about to pitch versus Arkansas. It was in the do or die, do or go home situation. And just kind of just how it started off was like, like if I asked you back in February where we're going to be on this day competing for the national championship. Like, it was just so, so real of a moment that, it like, that's the one that's always stuck with me was that speech. And it's, like, all it's in the movie on, like, when we're about to play Arkansas. Like, it's that speech in the movie and everything. So you and answered him better than you did the reporters after the Tennessee game. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> that's the one thing Dylan does not like me to bring up. I love it. And that's why I brought it up because, Dylan, you deserve it. <laughs> Tim, I, I know you got one. I mean, especially, you know, it's iconic, long career for Coach B. What you got? I mean, there's been he, – he's got so many good pregame speeches. And, um, golly, I mean, there's so many all over Twitter and everything. I mean, I feel like they record all of them um, for the season. Um, gosh, I think I got to kind of agree with Dylan here. That that last speech we had before the, the, uh, the championship game, um, the last game that we won, um, you know, it – it was just so – I think also just my, my adrenaline was already so high. The blood was already pumping. Um, but I, he probably could have said anything in that meeting, and I would have wanted to run through a wall. But, uh, you know, I think I just remember him talking about, you know, just continuing to believe. Um, this is a, another game that we're going out to play with your brothers next to you. And, um, you know, I just took that to heart and just felt like, hey, this could be my last game playing with these guys, and uh, I want to go out and win it. And, you know, I just kind of took all that to heart. Tim, for you, obviously, you know, getting to the majors, getting to the pros, it's it's a totally different mindset. You don't have a guy always there in your back pocket kind of giving these motivational speeches. Um, It's kind of just a wake up and grind every single day, 24-7. So now, um, don't make that face. Come on. I know know you got all the motivational speeches. I know you got all of them in your back pocket. You'll be all right. But um, in all seriousness, now, like, the preparation of you kind of being so accountable for yourself, 
Um, what has that mentality been like for you, kind of just, you know, figuring that out and really just being your own anchor? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a big transition, to be honest. Um, you know, especially getting into the off season, and um, I mean, you know, they they tell you in pro ball, it's it's your career. You know, we're gonna give you what we think you should do and what you um, should take upon yourself to do in the off season and and whatnot and in your in your time that you have to prepare. But you know, it's your career, so you go out and you do what you want to do um, that think that you think is gonna make you the most successful. So. Um, like you said, I mean, it's a lot of self-motivation, a lot of, um, uh, it's, it's on you, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Dylan, it's on you. Self-motivation. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to say it. No, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice in college because, um, you know, you've, you've always got the team around you and, and you know, when you're in pro ball, um, during the, during the season and whatnot, you've always, you've obviously got guys around you, but, um, you know, I think, a lot of the a lot of the work gets done in the off season. You know, it's you get stronger. You you know work on things that you need to work on, and um, you know it's it's just a different mentality because uh, in college, you know, even in, in the fall when it's not the spring season, you know, you're with the guys every day for four to five hours, working out, mm-hmm. practicing, all that kind of stuff. You know, even people to keep you accountable. You know, you can't not go do something that day because you're tired. You know, and you know, now you get into pro ball, and it's on you. So. Um, just been a transition for that and um, you know it's just different so um, you know getting used to it and and knowing that it's on your shoulders now right and yeah. some guys you know wake up at 4 a.m gym and other guys just start drinking water for the very first time i don't I don't, I don't wake up at 4 a.m i don't know why you said me like <laughs> brandon might i don't know brandon might be that guy i gotta actually ask brandon because we didn't get to talking to him about draft day you know fitting the theme that we did about dylan man you know obviously you start at columbia state you know Going back to those days, you know, before you were even at Ole Miss, man, because you have seen yourself getting drafted by the Royals like that. Uh, you, you know, you t- you t- want to say yes, uh, just because that's what you dream of and that's what you're going to work for. Uh, but it's such an unknown, uh, unknown because uh, being drafted is such a dream for for every baseball player, especially that you're playing at the level that we're playing at. Uh, so obviously, I want to say yes, but being able to do it in the fashion that I was able to. Uh, and to accomplish the things that we did at Ole Miss, uh, I would have never dreamed to be able to do those things leading up to that moment. Yeah, no doubt. So, Mike, you ready to mix it up on these boys? We've done all the friendly stuff. This show's got a title for a reason. It's called Friends or Foes. So <laughs> we're putting it all to the side. And, Dylan, I'm coming to you first because I know that you're going to straight shoot me. Got it. Right, right, right out the gate. Let's start with the ring. We're going to start with a simple question. You know, obviously you got yours hidden away somewhere, but you know, when y'all were flexing them, when y'all did have them on, who looked the best wearing their ring? <laughs> who sported that rock the best? You know, I mean, Ooh, I would say we got Tom Cruise in the building, so I mean that's an easy answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nah, I would say I would say Dunhurst. Just the slick back hair, like he just kind of pulled <laughs> it off like a pimp. <laughs> that's a, that's a solid answer, and I could I could see it, you know. So I need you to settle something, speaking of Dylan, and, and I'm coming to you for a reason, straight shooter. Brandon actually had this question on uh, this or that for in off the bench. It's been asked to every Ole Miss baseball guest. It's been split down the line. I need you to answer right here with Tim Elko sitting here. What is more iconic and legendary, the Tim Elko stash or the Hunter Elliott hair flow? Give it to me right now in this debate. Elko stash. No doubt. Are you sure? Because I'm going to expose Brandon right here and say that he said the Elliott hair flow. I did. 
Absolutely. Is the Elko stash just because of, you know, the hair flow? It's just so <laughs> There's no one with a nicer stash than Elko. But here's, here's the thing. Tim, Tim has been able to ball no matter what his facial hair is. Hunter has claimed that if you cut his hair, all his powers are gone. Oh, boy. Oh, 100%. So I mean, so that's a that makes it kind of legendary. I mean, because I mean, he needs it for his powers. Tim's Tim, no matter what. Like, so I don't know. I'm rocking with the hair personally. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna ask you this, and this has been a fun question with with the other guys. You know, if you could pick one former teammate that's either got drafted with you this year, or maybe guys you know get draft, drafted next year, like Gonzalez and Allerman, if you could pick one teammate that would be your first strikeout when you made it to the bigs. Who would it be? Tim Elko. No. <laughs> no, I'm good. BJ, you wish you could strike me out. Oh, oh. we can pull we can pull up the tapes. I mean, <laughs> pull them up. Pull them up. I'm not pulling. I'm not giving Tim it. No, Tim. I've already got Tim. Who uh I would say struck out Kevin. <laughs> We're going. But this, the, is, but this, going isn't, this isn't. This isn't. This isn't at Swayze. Hey, but this Gonzo. ain't. This Gonzo. ain't at Swayze. This is in the big, so it's a no, whole Gonzo. different thing. I can still get Tim. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, he can still get Tim. <laughs> I do not that because I'm we, on here. That's why we played Tim, and I tried walking two batters to get to him. I just, <laughs> they just gets ended up getting out, and I couldn't face Tim. <laughs> so this, that's why. But I'm picking Gonzo all day. Dylan Delusia, intentional walks, two intentional walks, just for shits and giggles. That is insane. I tried. I tried. I literally threw a fastball right at him, and he still swung, and it broke the bat, and he grounded out, and I couldn't face him. It was so upsetting. Uh, yeah, I, that seems like a true story because I was in the hole. So Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, Tim, coming to you for some questions. I know it's going to be harder for you. You know, you're the captain. You're the nice guy or whatever. But I'm going to put you on the spot right out the gate. All right. All right. Who hits better bombs, you or Kemp Alderman? Uh, Kemp Alderman. Uh, see, he gave the I, good I, answer. He didn't even say himself. I, no, I know, but but it's it's the truth. I mean, that kid, I, I wish I had that kind of unreal power. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like I have a lot of power. He has – It's a it's a whole nother level. I mean – he is just unbelievable. I mean, he hits balls off the scoreboard in BP when the guys when Coach Clem's throwing fifty miles an hour. I mean, that's just unheard of. Uh, he's unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, and you know a home run, Mike, that I want to tell you about that uh, that I seen Tim. While I'm thinking about my favorite Tim Elka home run, even though it was in a game that was a large deficit. You know, I'm sitting next to somebody who said Ben Joyce was unhittable. <laughs> and then he threw a 102-mile-an-hour pitch right down the pipe, and Tim absolutely crushed it. And I was like, you know, silver lining, you know, Ole Miss lost this game, but, you know, at that point people said nobody can touch Ben Joyce's fastball. Tim eats those for breakfast. You know, Tim wasn't <laughs> like smoking a 102-mile-an-hour fastball the park. Oh, don't do that to my boy Ben. Oh, no, he, I that will say ben, Ben's a stud. Ben's a stud. I, I did happen to get him on that one pitch, but uh, he is a stud. Yeah, so, you know, y'all are in the AL Central, as Mike pointed out. And, you know, Dylan just said something about, you know, facing you. But I got to ask you, Tim, if you could pick one of these two guys to face first, who are you wanting to hit off of first? So are we talking like big league first game? Yeah, yeah. Which one of these uh, two would you want to go at? Oh, give me Brandon Johnson. 
<laughs> Brandon, you asked for that. You asked I, I, I did. I did, and, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. It was no surprise. We, we talk about it pretty often. Yeah. All right, I want to take it back a year real quick, Tim. Um, you know, especially since we had two of them on and off the bench, man. From your previous teammates that, that have been drafted, Gunner and Nikhazy and Broadway, if you could face one of them first, who are you taking? Um, not not gonna do Doug. He's uh, change up's too good. That lefty change up's too good. Reminds me reminds me of Elliot. I mean, just the the change up for me. From those lefties, sometimes I probably that heck I'm exposing myself. I'm just kidding. I love changes. <laughs> um, no, but uh, uh, I think I may just go Gunner, just because you know he's still coming off the injury. Um, maybe I could get him kind of uh, when he, when he's still trying to get hot. You know. <laughs> yeah. So sticking with that, Brandon, with those three, because you played with them as well. Instead of set, because obviously you're not a hitter. If you're to pick one that you think is going to make it up first to the bigs. Who who would you put your money on? Oh, I mean, I mean that's tough. Uh, man, I I had to I had to pick Gunner off to the side just because he is coming off the injury. Things can take him a little longer. I think I'll have to give the edge to Broadway uh, just because being a reliever, uh, I believe it's an easier. Don't want to say an easier road, uh, but it's a more statistical road to make it quicker. Uh, and I know he's doing really well. I know he just got traded to a team that really loves him. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to go Broadway. It's going to be the first one up in that class. I like it. So, same question I asked Dylan. This is the fun one for you. You know, you could pick a former teammate, like I said, one of the ones that was drafted this year, last year, or might this upcoming year. You're on the show. Who are you striking out? Uh, I mean, I could say Tim, but I mean, it's just too too easy of a of, a, <laughs> of an answer. Uh, I, you, you know who I want to face? I'd, I'd like to see. I like to see Gonzo. I would really love to see him. So everybody's after Gonzo. He's just Gonzo. He's so good. He's going to be a top three pick this year. It's funny Uh, you say it like that because the Mississippi State guys, you remember, Mike, They both hitters, they both said they wanted Landon Sims, and we said why, and they said they wanted that challenge of trying to take Landon Yard anyway. So it's the the same answer you're giving. It's because he's so good. That's who you want. It's just the truth. I mean, you know he's going to be in the league. Heck, he might be in the league – in the next year and a half, as good as he is, as mature as he is. Uh, and, and you know you're going to get a battle. I mean, he's so hard to get out in so many different ways. He sees the plate so well. I don't know. He's the best hitter I've ever seen. So, sorry, Tim. Oh, that's not true. No, did, you I, face, did you face I, Dylan Cruz? Uh, I did face Dylan Cruz. But Dylan, you're lying. I, then you're lying. I, then you're lying. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I will go on record believing that Jacob Gonzalez is a better hitter. Look, it has it has nothing to do with the fact that they were on the show when they came out with that top 100 draft prospect list, mm-hmm. and I seen and I seen that it was Cruz, Gonzalez, and Dolander. I was like, and they're all three amazing guys from yeah. three, and we've had them show. I was like, man, this couldn't have been. I hope it go. I, you know, obviously things may not lay out the way they projected, but I don't care what order. If those three go top three, I was like, that'd be amazing. Uh, and, and that's what it should be. I mean, I'm sure some team will will, will take a chance on a high school guy, but. If, if you choose one of them three with your first pick, uh, you're not going wrong in any form or fashion. All three of them guys are studs. They've proved that they're studs, and, and it's, it's going to be fun to watch them compete against each other this year. Brandon, I'm, I'm liking the way you're talking right now. Do we have a GM career in the near future happening <laughs> at some point? You know, a, a lot of people like to give me uh, that, that kind of persona about me. Uh, I, I usually lean towards more of a president uh, type of career coming my <laughs> right. way. 
the collar the collar shows that part. You, you know some people are dressed for it some people are not some people are <laughs> or uh, dylan delucia is going to be right. in a sweatshirt i knew that was a shot at dylan 100%. <laughs> it, it, it was but it he's was. wearing guardians gear man can you really i mean he's rocking his stuff uh, right. my question is when's the does he have anything else clean? I mean, when's the last time he's done? Oh, <laughs> oh, he's going out right. All right, B hey, BJ, I'm not going to lie to you. This is my last outfit for us to do laundry. See, uh, he, he's, <laughs> that's why he was worried about the time tonight. He has to make sure he has that laundry before, yeah. before time runs out. 100%. <laughs> I have no socks. Dylan, we're going to have to figure something. I mean, because I know your potential, man, but we're going to have to make sure you stay on track. I, I don't need you to fall off, brother. What do you mean? Oh, that's why I'm in Arizona. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but is there anybody watching you? Like, there needs to be surveillance. Like, yeah, like he needs a personal here. assistant. I, I feel like I have one. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, you know what? I don't want this to be like an attack on Dylan segment, but like, I'm also looking at. I'm like, used to it. I, I'm looking at the picture frame in the back that is not centered whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like in a random ass point of the wall, and I'm I'm not even. Yeah. It's a, what is it? A road? <laughs> oh, it's the Grand Canyon. It's the Grand Canyon. Have you? <laughs> how many times you been to the Grand Canyon? Zero. No, and he looks at it on his wall. <laughs> Zero times. I've so been I've been there every day since I've been here. Though I just look at it every day and I make sure it's. I try to line it up every day. I really do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How many yeah. days has it been up there? I mean, I don't. It's a, I don't. Before I've been here, I have no clue. <laughs> well, you haven't gotten very far, Dylan. But in all seriousness, we're talking about how far you really have gotten. The Cleveland Guardians make yeah. the playoffs last year with the youngest roster in MLB history. I know a party stud like you, a guy who loves just having so much fun, a guy who's as energetic, as cultured as you. I mean, what does it mean for you to know that you're going to an organization that accepts young talent that really allows them to get the best versions of themselves? Yeah, no, it's, it's a blessing because uh, they like to call people up. Like, they don't look at it as – a lot of pro teams now look at it as the metrics. Does the metrics play at this level? Does this metrics play? Mm -hmm. Does your velo has to play? Everybody's caught up on all technology now, which technology is a good thing, yes. And that's why I'm learning about it now. Like when I was at Ole Miss, I didn't care for it. So when I got here, I'm trying to learn about it, try to make stuff better. But the thing about here is like they care about the technology, but it matters how you do. It matters how much dog you have. How What are you going to do on the field? So – and that's the good part. Like, I'm blessed to be in this organization just because of the fact, like, they call you up if you're doing good. Uh, they don't care how young you are. If you show, like, you got a little balls to you, then they're going to call you up and give you your shot at the end of the day. 100%. And I'm loving – I don't know if you guys have been following it too much, but during the playoffs this year, um, I forget his name, but the one stud, he's like 21 years old. His walk-up song is the SpongeBob theme song, and I immediately <laughs> thought of Dylan. And I was like, Dylan, Dylan's going to match this. Like, it's going to be something better. So, Dylan, for you, day one walk-up song, as of this moment, what is it? We got two we could do. We got two. Uh, we also, you know, we always got to keep the big pop-up because, like, that was all Miss and that was fun. <laughs> I felt like I got the crowd jumping when I came out. Right. Uh, or we could do a little shark to do to do, do baby, or whatever how that song goes. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, but and put a little twist on it. I could get a little rap in it and just rap over it. You never know. I might become a rap artist. 
Without a doubt. Now, today, before we get into it, because we got to talk about Doug McKay's. I mean, it's it's definitely got to be a conversation. He's here hand. with me right now. He's here with you? Yeah, he's in Arizona with me. Oh, grab him. Is he right with you in the room? No, he's in the, <laughs> he's in the apartment down the hall. And the, why, who goes like this? Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's down the so at the apartment. Oh, yeah, he's down the block. <laughs> but uh, what have those interactions been like for you, if we can just get right to it? Um, and, and what have those conversations been like? Yeah, no, like, when I so when I got to Ole Miss, I really didn't talk to him much, like, uh, right. introduced myself because, like, I wasn't a part of the team when he was here and stuff like that. So, but I got to know him a little bit. And then, like, when I got here, uh, we started talking and everything. And he's, you know, he's just a great dude at the end of the day. I mean, he works hard. Like, I've been practicing with him. And he works so hard and he gets after it every day. Uh, he definitely represents Ole Miss well. And, you know, his velo, like, I saw him. Like yesterday, he was pulling down 102 on the on the mound, and I was like, "Okay, pull downs, yeah, I'm good." I think I topped out at like 95. Like I was like, no. <laughs> "I'm done." But no, like, uh, like he's just an all around a great dude, and you know, it's a, it's nice having him in the organization, someone I can relate to, someone that like kind of went through the stuff I went through at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and it's just cool, definitely, to have like connections like that here. Mike, you know, an interesting fact on Nikhazy, uh when it comes to in off the bench is he was my first solo interview because he's but we're supposed to be at 8.30, but my man has study hall, which is a running joke because half of our old Miss guests have had study hall. And so anyway, he's like, any chance we can move it up? Well, the other guys weren't available. And it was Doug Nikhazy. So it was like, man, I was like, we could do seven. So it was just, it was just me and Doug anyway. That dude's as down to earth as it gets. He even said to me before the show, Tim and Brandon, I might appreciate this. He was like, look, I know you're going to ask about it. Look, I don't care about the booger man thing. I am, I embrace it. He was like, if you want to bring it up or whatever. And so, Mike, if you're not familiar, my man got caught on TV picking his nose, eating it. And, and he embraces it. And he embraces it. Tim, is it true? Did he really – did y'all call him the boogeyman and he loved it? Uh, Yeah. I mean, just kind of as like a running joke. Uh, and, and he said, look, he, this is – and, Mike, this is true in life. He said, if he can't laugh at himself, then, you know, all it's going to do is eat him alive. So he learned to embrace it and have fun with it. But it was funny because I was going to stay away from it, Tim. And he goes, and he and he's prepping me for a show. He goes, if you want to bring it up, man, I'm cool with it. And I was like, well, in that case, well, we're going to go there. <laughs> okay, point number one. Um. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I mean, it's, it's definitely just one of those things you just own, you know, and it, it's something that, you know, that's, that's your character. Hopefully it doesn't uh, come into the show. But I'm sure at some point it will. The AL Central is – something insane uh so i'm sure you guys already know how that kind of goes but um dylan last guardians question and i'll let you off the hook um big signings big signings going all the way around i mean guys are actually wanting to play cleveland baseball for the first time in a very long time josh bell just signed the other day um it's really exciting but for you right now somebody that's brain you want to pick someone that you want to learn from maybe from the rotation or somewhere else um, who are you most excited to run into at some point? Oh, definitely Shane Bieber, 100%. I mean, there's no one better on the mound than him right now. I mean, what? You already won a Cy Young, his first year, one of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just the way he pitches, the way he competes is definitely what I want to see and definitely want to pick his brain about, uh, like, pitch selection and all that. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Now, Tim – Tim, Tim, I was I was super excited to talk to you at some point. You know, I was talking to Jim about how much of a fan I am. Like, Dylan's my guy. Dylan's my guy. But at heart, 
I am a Till Elko fan. Like I, I, I love watching your game, brother. Now, now I have a different opinion. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna work out. I don't know. I don't know. Something's just. You act something. like y'all are in the same division, Mike. It's just the same city, bro. Calm Listen, down. it's not as bad as Wilson Contreras deciding to spend the block and become a St. Louis Cardinals yeah, fan. That, that's tough. That's shout tough. out to Jim. Cross. As a matter of fact, he almost no showed this episode because of that signing. Because I'm a Cardinals fan, and he's a Coast fan. He was like, you know what? I'm not even doing the show tonight. And I was like, <laughs> dude, you can't stiff three national champs. Don't do that. I posted it. I said, Randy Jowers, DB, and Jim Cross, nobody talked to me today. I, this, it had to have been how they felt when Lackey and Hayward signed. But um, I, without a doubt, I think it's going to be a lot better than uh, the Hayward experiment. So shout out, Willie. Shout out, DB, and everybody else, I guess. Um, but, Tim, in all seriousness, you know, you look at the Chicago White Sox organization, and I will give them their flowers. They produce amazing pitching from the farm you look at guys like Chris Sale you get guys like Lucas Giolito um, you look at other guys as well it's just it's super exciting to really see you go there of all places um, what has that experience been like for you so far and and what are the metrics and everything that goes into that because I've heard they're very they're very serious about all of their analytics yeah um, no it's been great uh, I really enjoyed uh, my first couple months with them and um I, I love all the guy, all the coordinators and coaches that I've met throughout the organization. Um, you know, we had a couple of weeks of instructs, and I got to spend a lot more time with them. But um, I love it so far, um, and and I I know they they have some guys that are really focused on the analytical side, but they also have uh, some other guys that are a little more old school, and um, which which I like. I kind of like a little of both, which I think is a great balance there, and. Um, but, you know, anyways, I, I really have loved it. I really have. And um, I feel like they, they really care about their players. And, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of like similar to what Dylan was saying, um, you know, they're not afraid to call guys up, which I like. You know, that was kind of one of the first things they told us at, at minicamp was, you know, just go out and play. And, um, you know, we, you know, I think we, we only drafted one high school guy in our mm -hmm. class. Um, so, you know, they're not afraid to get older guys and, um, you know, moving through the system fast. And, um, you know, they, you know, it seemed like even especially with, with our draft class, um, you know, they, they weren't afraid to get some older guys that they feel like are, are ready to get moved up fast. And, um, you know, that, that's obviously a good sign for an older guy like me and, and some of the other guys that, that we have. And, um, you know, just overall, just super happy with where I ended up and um, a lot of great dudes with, with me there. And uh, Drew McDaniel from Ole Miss is there and, um, a lot of guys from the SEC, a couple of guys from Arkansas. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Michael Turner. You know, you just yeah. played him in the College World Series, and now you're on team with him. What's that like? It's great. Michael's awesome. Um, I don't know if you know Cole Ramage, but he's with them, mm. too. He's great. Uh, Peyton Pallette, he's awesome, too. And uh, Mark McLaughlin from Tennessee um, and, and some SEC, other guys. SEC, White yeah. Sox are fixing to win it all, Mike. It's, <laughs> hey, it's on the way uh, up, bro. Hey, don't sleep on us. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. But anyways, it's been great. It's been great. I love them. So. Without a doubt. But, um, you know, I, I don't like getting religious on shows. It's just not my <laughs> personal thing. Um, but when Jim told me that you guys were going to be on the show, at this point in time, Tony LaRusso was still the manager of the White Sox. And I said, sweet baby Jesus, please don't make me have to talk to Tim Elko about Tony LaRusso. But now one of the most respected analytical and bench coaches in baseball is now the manager of the Chicago White Sox, Pedro Grafal, or as a lot of people in Chicago are calling him, Peter Griffin, because uh, that's made this the, the 
American version of his name. Um, it's, it's horrible. Just get used to that. Get ready for that. Um, you know, having such a guy who gives so many chances coming out of Kansas City, uh, Brandon. I'm sorry, yeah. you lost a good one. Um, but in all seriousness, Tim, you know what's what's that experience like? Have you had any conversation with him at all? Um, and how excited are you to really get up there and really just interact? Yeah, um, I have not talked to him at all. Um, I'm hoping to obviously in spring training and and moving forward. But um, you know, always cool and um, exciting whenever um, there's coaching changes. You know, obviously it's my first one in pro ball, but um, you know, it's it's always cool whenever there's you know kind of a new a new thing going on. So. Um, you know, excited to kind of get back out there in, in uh, February, March, see what's going on and, um, you know, get ready for the next season. Without a doubt. And someone I know you had to have talked to recently is uh, Taylor Broadway. Can you kind of talk about that really quickly? You know, that experience with you two both being in the same organization now. Um, how exciting is that for that re re uh, reunion? Yeah, uh, it was great for about a month. And then uh, he got traded to the Red Sox, um, which, you know, I'm really happy for him because I think it's a really good situation for him. Um, mm. you know, I think he, I think he might have got traded up straight up for a big leaguer, which you know, that when when you're a minor leaguer and get traded straight up for a big leaguer, it's usually a big deal. So, um, you know, and I think I think he's going to have a lot of good opportunity over there. And um, I love Taylor; he's awesome. He's he's been here the whole off season with me, and um, we've been working out obviously. And um, he's 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 awesome. Um, so I'm really happy for him, and I think he's going to do great with the Red Sox. Without a doubt. Brandon, this was my favorite one to talk to. I, I got yeah. mad love for Dylan and Tim, but talking about the Kansas City Royals situation right now, I mean, I told mm -hmm. you before the show even happened, I was like, I was so excited. It was why I was a little late. I just had the jitters. You know, I understand. Looking, at guy, looking at a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. right now, mm -hmm. you got Salvador Perez and a bunch of other studs just coming through the pipeline. How excited are you to get to spring training and really just pick the brain of everybody? No, uh, you know, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, I think anytime uh, it's that you're, it's your first spring training, uh, it's so much unknown. You have the good nerves about you. But then you, you start talking about, like, some of the best young stars in the game, like Bobby Witt, uh, like Melendez, uh, Piccolato, whatever, however you pronounce it. But yeah. you have them guys, and they're so young, and you, you're just ready to go talk to them or, or try to talk to them, try to pick their brain. Uh, what does it take to get up there? Uh, not only from a hitting side, but going to talk to the young pitchers that they brought up this year as well. Like, how, how did you make it? What, what changes did you make to get through the system? Stuff like that. So it, it's very exciting uh, when you think about how young the team is, uh, how young the organization is. Um, it, it's exciting times. Without a doubt. And, you know, one of the most exciting ones, um, Jim, who did we have on? We had on, I think it was actually on In Off the Bench instead. Um, when I came on one episode, and now they're going to be current teammates. I forgot who exactly it was, uh, but now you're looking at Hayden Dunhurst. I mean, come on, tell me, tell me about that experience. You know, pitcher and catcher coming together in the Royals organization. Um, you guys are going to be able to spend so much time together. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see what mm -hmm. happens when it comes to you know single A, double A, triple A, how that advances for both of you individually. Um, but knowing that you could be you know, potentially in the show at the same time on the same team after everything you went through together. What's that experience been like so far? Uh, it, it's been everything. You, you know, you, you get there and the first day and there's so many new people, there's so much going on and you're looking around you're like, I have no idea who these people are, but, and then you're in a situation like me. Well, I have a man that I trust in my life next to me. Uh, we rode on the plane together down there. Uh, we roomed together when we were in Arizona. Uh, he came out 
he was unfortunately he wasn't able to go out to an affiliate because of an injury. But when we came back for skill instructs, he caught my bullpens. He caught end game, uh, and having that trust with somebody already built, uh, it, it makes the experience not only uh, more enjoyable, but it makes it more comfortable. Uh, it makes it uh, allow to experience it with somebody who you love, uh, rather than just experience it with yourself. Delush is jealous. I can tell it's all over his face. Oh, like, absolutely. I wish I hadn't done hers with me. I know. Well, it's just playing video games with them. No, that, that way, that, he wants them there so they can get in trouble together. That, that, it's uh, a totally different experience. Uh, you know what? Oh, my God, Brandon, I wasn't going to bring this up. This was not in the script at all. But, Dylan, I do have a question for you because it has to do with Hayden Dunhurst. And yep. you know, look, he dropped his head. I got to talk about the Halloween photo, bro. What are you doing? Bruh, we're not bringing that up. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. That's off the record. <laughs> Sometimes no, you got to care about your boys. It's all over social media. You can't hide that, Dylan, because Dunhurst not- posted it. I know. I don't know why. It, uh, you know, so I went over to Dunhurst's before about to go out. I did not have a, a Halloween costume. And he was like, yo, you're wearing one. Like, I'm wearing one. I was like, okay. His girlfriend right there, she was like, I'll dress you. I was like, okay. She, and then, you know, I saw the cheerleading outfit in their bin, and I was like, Put two and two together. I was like, I think I would look hot in a cheerleading costume. But that it took me ten minutes to put that on. It took me about thirty minutes to take it off. <laughs> it was so tight. It was so tight. Brandon, are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed? For uh, no, I'm not embarrassed because I'm used to it. Uh, you go to <laughs> you get to a full year with Alicia. You kind of learn his his ins and outs. So you kind of embrace it and just enjoy the experience it with him instead of being embarrassed. I do want to ask one last thing before uh, Jim takes it away. We have a couple more fan questions we're going to get to, but this goes for all three of you guys. We're going to start off with Tim. AL Central. AL Central from national champions teammates to AL Central rivals. For you guys seeing each other as many times as you potentially are at some point, um, who are you guys excited to see first? Golly, I mean, I'd be excited to see anybody. Uh, I mean, I guess – I'd be excited to face them in the game, but I'll just be excited to see some of my old buddies, you know. Um, and whether it's Brandon, Dylan, anybody in a, in a different league, if we're playing outside the league, uh, I'll just be excited to see anybody from that team or from any team I've been on here at Ole Miss. Um, I've just made so many close relationships being here, and uh, it's always good to see old friends. So um, it was like the best week of my year whenever everybody came for the Alabama game. We got our rings. It was it was awesome. So uh, just excited to see anybody. That captain mentality, Jim. I never get tired of it. I know. I know. Deep down, he's got someone it, on his it, shit list. It was good. It was good being at the at the pizza bowl and not seeing Tim run this year. Mm. <laughs> Thank goodness. Last year, not fun. Yeah. Brandon, how about you? Uh, you, you know, you, you can't really pick out somebody uh, specific just because you love everybody. Uh, you go through the experience with them. Uh, if we're gonna talk in the league. I mean, you, you always want to – no offense, Dylan, but you always want to see the captain uh, just because he, he he watches over you and everything. Uh, so – but obviously, I mean, I'm rooting for all of them. I'm hoping I see every one of them, including myself, at that level. Uh, and when we do, I'll make sure I take them out to a very nice dinner beforehand uh, because I know Dylan wouldn't pay for anybody. So I'll make sure he's all right. I'll, I'll take yeah. care of him for the night. Uh, Tim, I'd have to fight him over the bill. But, you know, uh, it will be awesome to see them all. You, you love them to death, and you hope nothing for the best for them. Hey, you know I'm there. You know I'm there. Dylan, tell me why. <laughs> tell me why it's everybody on the panel right now. Who do you got? And tell me exactly why you think you're gonna strike out everybody in this league. 
Uh, you see, when you think about it, I've already faced everybody that's got drafted. Right. So, and I know I've gotten Tim a bunch of times with some case. Bunch. We only got a bunch. Twice. And how many case? One. Two. That's a fifty percent rate right Two. there. Oh, that's a hundred percent rate. No, no, no. You struck me out once. It was and a I flew foul out. ball. No, I flew out to center. Okay. What well, you can say what you want. <laughs> Kevin got Kevin all of his times besides <laughs> one. Kevin's like zero for seven. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Kevin. You're my favorite hitter. Uh, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I, I'll stick with that, Dylan, and I'll use somebody who's not his teammate. Is if you know, obviously he's a pitcher too. But after spending some time in Atlanta with you guys, Delusia, do you want to see Ross on the other side? And is I just saw him. I know, but I'm talking about in a big league game. Right? I mean, oh. would you love to oppose that guy ASAP? Well, see, the thing about me and Ross is we played JUCO together, and the one thing he said to me the first day I met him, he said, because I was the ace coming in. And he looks at me and says that, oh, you're the kid's spot I'm taking. And I, I just looked at him. I was like, I guess so. What's up, man? How are you? And then he didn't get my spot. And, it, like, it just became a whole big old funny deal now about it. Well, he's still, he's still the same way. I'm going to put him on blast because he ain't going to watch this. He said in Atlanta he was going to out-achieve you. So he's, he's sticking with he's, it. He's still trying. He's, <laughs> he can't but, catch But we don't want to keep you boys too long. Let's get to these fan questions. Tim, naturally, the first one I got was for you, and uh, he was actually uh, a guest of the show, too, so uh, it'll be cool. Um, what advice do you have for Garrett Wood as the captain this year? <laughs> oh, man. Um, gee, Wood, I love you, man. Uh, I would just say just be yourself. Um, lead how you feel like you should be a leader, and, and don't feel like everything's on your shoulders. Um, you know, sure, like, you get to wear the C, and you get called the captain, but um, there's leaders all over the team. I mean, if if you look at our team this year, there was leaders all around, and that's why we ended up being so good. Um, you know, we had guys on the pitching side. We had other leaders on the hitter side. It was, um, you know, that's why I think we had so much success. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I would just um, lead how you feel you should. Don't try to, like, um, maybe be what you think a captain or a leader should say or do but do what you feel is right because you know the guys around you your teammates picked you for who you are and um i think the best thing you can do for them and for the team um is to just lead with who you are so that would be my advice just like that mike just like that mike he took coach b's speeches and threw them out exactly i was was just about to say listen tim i know i've been messing with you all episodes since the socks thing um, but I do have a serious question, if you don't mind. If I slide yeah. you, like, $50 a week, do you think every morning you could send me, like, a motivational speech? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got 100%. You. 50 bucks I mean, a week, that's worth it. It, it, it's definitely it's definitely something I need in my life right now. Tim Elko's speech, I mean, it's it, it's definitely going to be a, a very big, important factor to you in the future. So, so, Brandon, the question that I was given for you, I'm going to reformat because I know what you'll say if I just answer it straight up. The question was, who do you pick to win the SEC this upcoming year? But mm-hmm. if you said anything other than Ole Miss, then you would get run out of Oxford. Oh, so sure. mm-hmm. I'm taking Ole Miss off the table. If you had All to right. pick any team other than Ole Miss this upcoming season to win the SEC, who do you think is going to do it? I mean, uh, that's, 
you, you want to answer it because there's just two running horses, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you have Tennessee and you have LSU. Uh, man, uh, I, I think I'm going to lean towards Tennessee. Yes, Because uh, you're a think, pitcher. Because you're because a pitcher. It, 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 that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to Because answer, God right? is good. That's why. It, 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 <laughs> uh, you, you know, pe- people always want to talk about the bats. Uh, bats this, bats that. And, and yes, they, they will get you far. But pitching, man, that that that's gonna what? Hey, hey, as somebody who level. went to all the fall games, let me tell you, don't Paul Skeens first of all is phenomenal. Ty Floyd, Collins, yeah. don't sleep on the LSU pitching staff, but the Tennessee pitching staff is as filthy as it gets. It's funny they lost all the hitters they did, and that's all anybody talks about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're just bringing back the SEC pitcher of the year. They're bringing yeah. the freshman of the year, yes. like yeah, whatever. I mean, like, I mean so, they, they they have what. They had two first rounders last year on their staff, and they have another three this year. Not mentioning if they have any sneaky freshmen like they did last year. So I mean, you're looking at possible four or five top three rounders on their on their pitching staff. Give me them all day. Yeah, no doubt, Dylan. Pause, baby. This is even a fan question. This came from the host of In Off the Bench. Daniel wants to know: after spending a weekend in Atlanta with the boys. What city? Because we already know what city is actually on deck. But what city would you choose if you could choose it? The answer is Cleveland, Dylan. I'm gonna give you right there. <laughs> no, I heard. I, no, I no, look. No, I listen. No. I listen to Eric Hasseltine from the Memphis Grizzlies all the time, and he says when they go to Cleveland for the NBA games, there's nothing to do outside of going to the game. Do you remember, uh, Dylan? Really quick. Do you remember the Joakim Noah interview about LeBron James in Cleveland way back when? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's so good about Cleveland? I had to butcher it. I don't want to swear on here, but what's so good about <laughs> Cleveland? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. He, he you heard him. He's like he said it underneath his head. So what city are we going to, Dylan? Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> why do why am I not surprised? The Hangover Four starring Dylan Delusion. Straight up. <laughs> I think that would be a I think that would be a top five seller for sure. 100 percent 100 percent All right. And so the last question I got, Tim coming to you. I'm going to take Ole Miss off the table again. I hate that this question gets asked, but if you were to pick somebody to win the national championship next season, prediction, you know, obviously it's fall. It's so early. You know, Brandon obviously talked about Tennessee and LSU. Most people know the SEC is dominant, but, you know, is it one of them or is it somebody else? Who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think it's going to be Ole Miss, but um, – you know, if it's not going to be Ole Miss, um, I, I I know they're probably the favorite, uh, but I'm going to go LSU. I, I think that um, I think their their lineup and their bats is just tough to beat. I mean, mm. you know, obviously good pitching. I, you know, they say wins championships, and um, but but I think that also uh, timely hitting. I mean, at some point, um, pitchers are going to make mistakes, and and you want to have. A, a lineup of really good hitters to hit those mistakes. And I think LSU's got a great lineup and um, a, a couple of first rounders. And Your, your, your um, fan base you know. has been coming at me talking about they can't wait for LSU to come down, come to town. <laughs> and I can't wait either. I'm going to be there because after going, remember I was in, I was in Baton Rouge to watch y'all beat us down. I need, I need a little redemption. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe I drove to watch you guys do that to us. I'm, <laughs> it ain't it ain't worse than getting beat by forty year olds like Notre Dame with Tennessee, is it? That's what, that's oh, what you did that. Dylan actually came on our episode and said he was thankful for Notre Dame because you know he was Appreciate honest. That. He was like, I didn't want to face Tennessee if I didn't have to. 100%. Brandon, I do have one last question that came in, and then I'll let Mike sign this thing off. 
Um, speaking of pitching, what Tim was talking about with your team at Ole Miss, um, Josh Mallett just undergoes Tommy mm-hmm. John. Um, just talk about the impact of, of that injury because everybody knows how good Josh is. Uh, you know, I, I had him being a dark horse, uh, not even so much to be a starter, but I had him being a top three round pick this year. Uh, his velo was ticking up. Uh, he he had a monster season for us last year, and I, I think he started to mature uh, going through last year, being in those important roles, understanding who he was, not, not so much even on the field, but off the field as well. Uh, I think he was going to uh, really take off on more, not so much a leadership side, but in, a maturity on his own side in the pitching. Uh, it, it's a huge blow. It, it really is. Uh, but now what I am going to say I am interested in watching him and Riley Maddox come back next year. Uh, them two coming off the injury together, uh, you, you watch out for them too. I believe they're gonna have so with that, Brandon. I've seen Riley post today that he threw flat footed for yes. the first time. So, explain to us guys who haven't had a you know, aren't pitchers and don't have injury, how long, how far away is he if he's if he's doing that? Uh, I mean, if he's already throwing flat grounds, uh, if I had a guess, and, and everybody's different, everybody's arm, everybody's uh, recovery time is different, and it depends on what plan he was on, was he on a a nine-month uh, advanced track, or was he on the 14th-month take-your-time track? I think he was more on the 14-month side. Uh, last time I talked to him, I think he wants to get off the mound, not not pitching live, but getting off the mound mid-season this year. Uh, and then by the end of the year, uh, maybe be throwing live live batters. I know he's out for the entire year. Uh, so if I had a guess for, it, for him to be 100%, I could see him being back for Summer Bowl uh, right around uh, mid-June. Uh, late June, being like 100%. Every time he goes out, he feels fine. Gotcha. I feel like that's the beauty of it, though, is, you know, it feels like when it initially happens, it feels like so much time that you're yeah. going to be out. Um, but, you know, getting that right is just so important. It's well, such a key factor. Well, Mike, as Daniel says now, and all these three guys will agree with it, even with Tim not being a pitcher, um, with Tommy John, it almost isn't a uh, if it's a win right. now, because I mean, you put so much wear and tear on your arm. So I think a lot of guys are used to it now. And a lot of guys come out stronger. That's, that's right. the fact of the matter. If you're willing to put in the time and work, um, you can come out stronger on the other side. It's crazy. Exactly. Uh, like these days uh, with the injury, and I hate to say it this way, but it's just the fact the way the baseball is going. It's such a common injury now uh, that doctors have been able to, to master and improve the surgery so much that, I mean, I think the statistic is over 50% that guys come back stronger, uh, right. come back with a healthier arm, come back throwing more velo. Uh, so it's definitely not a, a full negative thing like you were talking about. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But, my guys, we appreciate you. The future of the AL Central, future rivals, friends versus foes. Um, really quickly, I do want you guys to pump out where everybody can find you via social media or anything you guys got going on. You can also find Dylan on FBI's Most Wanted for one of the craziest guys you'll <laughs> ever meet in college sports. Um, but Dylan, we're going to start off with you outside of FBI's Most Wanted. Where can everybody find you? Uh, my name and my number. So Dylan Delusia 22 on Instagram. And then uh, Twitter is Dylan underscore Delusia 22. You got anything you want to promote? Outside of your outside of your IG, raising canes, raising canes. We got water, raising canes. We got water. We got Truvy. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, we need to get Call of Duty to sponsor you. There you go. I'm hopping on with Dunhurst right now. We're about to drive. It's all right. We got to get him out of here so he can whoop Dunhurst. Oh yeah, 100. percent No, he's too good at the game. Tim, how about you? Uh. I think my Instagram is Tim underscore Elko. Um, and then my Twitter 
is just Tim Elka. Without a doubt. Brandon, close us off. Where can everybody uh, find you? Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Brandon.Johnson14. And then at Twitter, I want to say it's BJ Johnson 141 uh, And that's where you can find me. What I like is, Mike, they said they think that tells you they don't spend too much time on social media. That is a good thing, brother. I know Dylan does. I know Dylan does. Don't no, he don't. No, he don't. TikTok. No, he you don't. You know what the secret is? Dylan be on TikTok all day. I all day. All, <laughs> day. all day. All day. He's not big on he's not big on Twitter. No Instagram. Oh, I don't I don't do Twitter. I don't do Instagram. I don't text people back ever. They don't they don't do TikTok <laughs> like shot. They don't do TikTok like shot yeah, I promise you. I'll see I'll see I'll see your message, but I'll just keep on scrolling on TikTok. No, hundred percent. That's why I bought the iPad. I, I always tell Jim, be. that's my biggest problem. That's why I give Jim heart attacks every single day because I see his text and I'll be in class or I'll be somewhere else and I'll be like, all right, cool, I'm going to do that. And then I forget to actually tell him, hey, I'm going <laughs> to do that. So all day. Like show up to this show that you didn't respond to me <laughs> until three minutes before? Y'all y'all want to know something <laughs> right now? This episode is sponsored by Jewel Osco, which is a grocery store in Chicago. Get your flu shot right now. I got the influenza. It is, it is very bad. I've been dying. I missed last night's show. So for everybody that missed my ugly mug, um, I definitely <laughs> missed y'all too. I was over there dying for a good while. But we're back. We're better than ever. I'm super excited to see these teams coming back as well. We got the Royals. We got the Cleveland Guardians. New name out in the cut. Um, and Tim Elko with the Chicago White Sox. I'm super excited. This has been Mike Hughes at The Shy Kid, uh, The Shy Dot Kid, and Jim Cross from In Off the Bench Podcast. You are listening to Pros and Joe's Friends and Foes Edition. I think this is probably going to be my favorite episode of the entire season. I can lock that in right now as long as I don't get the uh, I get the influenza and miss a few more shows. So, Jim, I apologize. With that being said, I hope you guys all have an amazing, blessed week. Uh, stay safe, stay beautiful, and again, Go balls, baby. I had to finish it off with that one. <laughs> oh.